the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Senator John Cornyn of the great state of Texas has listened to, I think, 22 State of the Unions. Maybe it's only 20. Uh, Senator Cornyn joins me now. It's a lot of State of the Unions. Where did last night's rank on your favorite hits, Senator? Well, Hugh, I'm sorry to say I I think it was a lackluster performance, the only exception uh, being when uh, the president tried to rally the the, the nation behind uh, the brave uh, people of Ukraine, although he mistook uh, uh, Ukraine for Iran at one point, as you know. Yes, but and, I, I and Uranians, too. Even Kamala Harris <laughs> kind of balked at that one. But, he's, yeah. you know, he wrestles with a teleprompter every time he gets It's, it's well, like his mortal enemy. It was, it was, it was not a great speech, and uh, I, I think uh, unfortunately is a rehash of a lot of his failed domestic policies. But uh, I am uh, happy that uh, that, that uh, now he's declared COVID-19 uh, cured and that uh, he personally has rallied the world to, uh, to help the Ukrainians in their battle for sovereignty and freedom. Senator, can I ask you just an obvious question on the minds of every American? Uh, everybody takes their mask off. Hooray. But then you sit with a chair between each other. What is does no one understand how to message anything in this government? They do not know how to message anything. Either it's over or it's not over. Yeah, I think it's it's of course, we were a little bit surprised. We thought Nancy Pelosi was going to require people to have masks and take uh, covid tests, even though they've been fully vaccinated. But uh, she relented. But they they couldn't quite figure out how to deal with uh, the president not having a mask on and five hundred and thirty five potentially members of Congress crammed into the House chamber, all wearing masks and looking like they're afraid of uh, getting COVID, even though they've been fully vaccinated. So I, I agree. It's a mixed message. Unfortunately, their scare tactics have, have rendered them less than credible when it comes to things like the pandemic. Well, Senator, let's turn to uh, the crisis in Ukraine. Breaking news from Reuters, more than 2,000 civilians, civilians have been killed during the Russian invasion's first week. Uh, this is American dollars buying Russian oil that turns into cluster bombs on civilians in Kyiv and Kharkiv and other cities. When are we going to stop buying Russian oil? Can't happen soon enough. Um, uh, I've joined legislation that's been introduced to do precisely that. But, you know, there's a larger, I hate to use the word conspiracy here, but I think it's appropriate. Putin and uh, and his propaganda machine have tried to convince Europe that uh, they could go entirely on renewables. Meanwhile, knowing that that's not entirely possible, if you retire all their coal-fired power plants and nuclear plants, uh, they become more and more dependent on uh, Russian oil and gas. And that's a strategic vulnerability that is going to take a while to get out of. The United States needs to unleash its, uh, its considerable um, natural resources and continue to export 
natural gas to uh, to Europe and other places where they uh, where they need to use that instead of Russian oil and gas. You're exactly right. This hundred dollar a barrel oil that uh, Putin has now um, gotten the price up because of this conflict and uncertainty associated with that is paying for the very munitions he's using to kill those innocent Ukrainians, and it's got to stop. Now, I had a bingo card of three things I was hoping for last night, Senator. Least likely was any seriousness about spending in America because of inflation. Of course, he just wants to spend more. Number two, though, I thought he would sanction Russian oil because it's obvious we're paying for these these uh, uh, devices that are going there. And then number three, American oil production. And, you know, it's you can't do one without the other. And he said nothing. I guess fourth would have been defense spending. But that didn't happen either. I mean, there was nothing there having to do with the reality of America in 2022. Exactly. Exactly. I think the, the one thing I give him credit for is, is rallying uh, the, the public, um, uh, American public behind our efforts to help the Ukrainians. But the truth is, uh, Europe and particularly our NATO partners are the ones that are taking the lead on that. We're helping, but unfortunately, uh, I think there's more we could do and we need to do it faster, providing them the lethal defensive weapons they need to defend their defend their country. And uh, we need to continue to shore up our NATO partners. But I thought the rest of it was uh, was was a rehash of his failed policies. He really didn't offer any solutions. I'm afraid that, you know, he realizes this is going to be a disastrous midterm election and he just doesn't know how to turn the ship around. Can I I, I got to play for you the the worst thing that he said last night, uh, because it's so incoherent. It's cut number 27 on inflation. One way to fight inflation is to drive down wages and make Americans poorer. I think I have a better idea to fight inflation. Lower your costs, not your wages. All right. So, Senator, first you stand up the giant straw man. We want to cut people's wages. And then you burn it down with a promise to lower their costs, which is not possible. That's not the government's unless he wants price control. Do you think that's a setup to price controls? That was incomprehensible, uh, what, what, what he said. It was. And I, I don't think he even knows what he said or what he was trying to achieve there. I think he was trying to thread the needle and to claim that he and his spending policies and Democratic spending policies are, are not pouring gasoline on the fire of inflation. And it's just not true. It's like when he says the Build Back Better program that uh, failed thanks to Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. Um, cost zero. Um, it's just not credible. Now, uh, let me turn very briefly to uh, Justice, soon to be Justice Brown Jackson. Now, I know it's not, I know there are hearings and things could happen because there's some Gitmo issues that we've got to go over with her. Right. But I, 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 the over-under, I think, is 65. And I really don't, I think they botched the rollout completely. They took a big win and they muffled it under a disaster that is that is the Ukraine war. But generally, as you sit down to talk to her, what do you want answered by the nominee? Well, I agree about the messaging. I think they, uh, they, they, this is supposed to be a high point of the Biden presidency nominating somebody to the Supreme Court. Uh, Judge Jackson's known to the Judiciary Committee because we had her before us uh, on her uh, circuit court nomination. I think, obviously, Supreme Court's different than, uh, the, the, than circuit courts or district court positions. And frankly, I want to try to get some clear answers about her view of the appropriate judicial role. You may remember there was a story about Joe Biden asking Robert Bork about the Ninth Amendment and unenumerated rights. 
I think that's something we need to ask about because uh, people have been reading things into the Constitution in the name of the living Constitution. And I want to know where she's going to go with that and try to, frankly, get some clarity on whether she's just going to be another politician wearing black robes with lifetime tenure or whether she's going to call balls and strikes. I, I hope you talk to her about what's going on in redistricting, Senator, because the Pennsylvania and Ohio Supreme Courts are turning down Republican-drawn maps, and Illinois and New York, which have gerrymandered the hell out of Republicans, are safe because nobody nobody dares turn over a Democratic map. It's driving me. Does judiciary ever get into this? It, it's crazy what the state Supreme Courts are doing. Yeah, this is this is an old uh, playbook, uh, Hugh, as you know, uh, trying to resort to state constitutions rather than the federal constitution in order to avoid uh, uh, federal uh, judicial review. But I think at some point the Supreme Court has to, you know, call foul on that playbook. These are uh, these, these redistricting does affect interstate commerce and is uh, is a federal issue ultimately. Um, and I think the Supreme Court needs to weigh in. Uh, I, I, I'm very concerned about it, as you are. All right, now let's turn to what Jake Sherman of Punchbowl News told me earlier in the show, which is that you're running up against a deadline on the continuing resolution to fund the government, and apparently Democrats are saying if we send money to Ukraine, we have to cut our defense budget. What What is going on there, Senator Cornyn? Well, that's not going to happen. Um, there needs to be at least parity between defense and domestic spending. Senator Shelby has been negotiating that for the Senate, and there was a, at least an initial agreement. But now that they are talking about a supplemental to help Ukraine, both with uh, uh, weaponry and on a humanitarian basis, just make sure they have the, the food uh, that they, they need, that, uh, given, the, given the dislocation there. Uh, now they're trying to say that that has to be subtracted from next year's uh, defense spending parity, which they had already agreed to. So uh, I'll just tell you, uh, it's not going to happen. All right. Now, Senator uh, Lavrov, who's now joined the War Criminal Association, was talking to Al Jazeera, of all people, this morning about World War Three going nuclear. Now, this is not the Cuban Missile Crisis yet. Do you worry that it might become the Cuban Missile Crisis? Yeah, I think I think you uh, you know they keep rattling the nuclear saber, and of course there's a lot of similarities we're seeing between what Hitler did in World War II, and what Putin is doing and trying to consolidate now their ethnic uh, and in this case Russian-speaking peoples. But um, this obviously is a, is a new factor, and we don't know what Putin will ultimately do. Uh, but uh, we can't be intimidated by that. Uh, NATO has an ability to resist that and to respond in kind. Uh, heaven help us if it comes to that. But uh, this is all Putin's uh, saber rattling, and uh, we need to call him on it. Last question about this. My colleague at The Post, Mark Thiessen, uh, asks, why is it that Russian aircraft can fly in Ukraine but Western aircraft cannot? Do we still recognize the sovereignty of the Ukrainian government, including its sovereignty over its skies? If Russia had not invaded, would anyone object to NATO giving Ukraine fighter jets? That comes on word that the uh, transfer of about 20 to 30 jets from NATO countries to Ukraine was canceled overnight. Mm. What's going on there, Senator? Well, I'm sorry to hear that the transfer was canceled. I, I heard that Poland and other countries of NATO were going to transfer aircraft to help the Ukrainians. 
I think the, the challenge here, Hugh, is obviously people do not want uh, NATO to uh, get involved in a fight in Ukraine, uh, which is not a uh, party to the NATO North Atlantic Treaty. And uh, so we're walking a very thin line there. Uh, obviously, we don't know when and if Putin might cross that line and actually threaten our NATO allies, which we're obligated to defend under Article 5. Uh, but I think, um, unfortunately, I think we need to uh, encourage our allies to provide those defensive weapons, including aircraft, so that the Ukrainian pilots can continue what they uh, have been doing so far, which is to deny uh, the Russians uh, air superiority or at least exclusivity. So I'll wrap up on a high note. I do want to compliment the president. His every inch of NATO is covered by Article 5 is a necessary reminder that Article 5 is not subject to exceptions drawn by Vladimir Putin. I hope I think the whole chamber applauded that, didn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I tell you, Putin has done more to unify NATO and, and uh, solidify uh, the uh, the counterbalance or the check on him and Russia uh, than anything else he could have done. Unfortunately, it's come at the expense of innocent Ukrainians. And uh, we are all cheering them on and trying to provide them everything we can to uh, help them defend themselves, as well as humanitarian relief. Uh, I think it's going to be a long, hard slog for Vladimir Putin. Oh, it's, it's going to be a nightmare for Russia. He should get out while he can. Senator Cornyn, thank you. Always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Carol Platt-Lebow for townhall.com. What an opportunity squandered. With his first State of the Union address, President Biden could have shown he gets it. Americans are besieged by inflation, rising fuel prices, skyrocketing crime, and open border. They're uneasy about Russia's brutal and unprovoked war on Ukraine. He could have acknowledged some of his policies must change and that they will. He could have pivoted. Instead, Biden offered a pablum of big promises leavened with large doses of gaslighting. He vowed to, quote, end cancer as we know it, unquote, but said nothing about curbing inflation or securing energy independence. He pledged to cap insulin prices, reinstating a policy he reversed upon entering office. He denounced open borders and defunding the police, unaware or undisturbed that he and his party have enthusiastically embraced both. All countries have challenges, but our leaders must face them and fix them. Biden concluded by insisting America was stronger today than it was a year ago. Please, Mr. President, we can handle the truth and we need to know you see it. I'm Carol Platt-Lebow. The Pepperdine School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program for leaders. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.